This is the Disability Visibility Podcast with your host, Alice Wong. Hello, dear friends. It's funny how during this coronavirus pandemic, so many people are discovering and taking advantage of accessible content and events that disabled people have been creating since forever. One example is the Superfest Disability Film Festival, a festival organized by the Paul J. Fillmore Institute of Disability at San Francisco State University. I'm a huge fan and believe it's the leader in making film festivals more accessible. Special shout out to Kathy Cutler and Emily Smith Baitics from the Institute for all of their hard work. Today I speak with Alex Lucas and Kara Dr. Burrow, two jury members for Superfest. Alex and Kara talked about what it's like to be on a jury, what it means to have a film festival that's radically inclusive and centered on disabled audiences, and how festivals like Superfest are advancing disability representation. Are you ready? Away we go! So, Alex and Karen, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I am delighted to talk with you both. Why don't we have you two introduce yourselves? So, my name is Alex Locust. I use he, him, his pronouns. I refer to myself as a glamputee. <laughs> I'm a counselor in San Francisco. I do community organizing and champion disability justice in all sorts of different ways, whether it's on the runway or on a film uh, jury. And I uh, do speaking engagements through either like uh, workshop facilitation or offering consultation to different um, organizations, companies, communities who'd like to um, elevate their practices for including disabled folks um, and trying to help empower disabled folks to be a part of the conversation. Hi, I'm Karen Nakamura. I use uh, she, hers pronouns. And um, I came to the Bay Area about three years ago to pick up the leadership of the Disability Studies Cluster at UC Berkeley. Um, where I'm the HASP uh, Endowed Chair in Disability Studies and a Professor of Anthropology. Um, I identify as having psychiatric and neurological uh, disabilities and just super happy to be part of this, you know, vibrant community in the Bay Area. But, you know, also recognizing we're at a moment of, of a lot of, of uh, changes in leadership and new generations coming up. And so it's particularly I think vital time for for our community to get together and um, through mechanisms like what you have here, Alice. And I do feel really privileged that we're all part of this very large, very diverse uh, disability community. And you know, there's just so much kind of power and comfort and just you know uh, culture that's we're really privileged to be a part of. And I think, you know, part of that is definitely the Superfest International Disability Film Festival. Thank you. 
uh, many disability film festivals and many excellent disability film festivals around the country. But I think what differentiates Superfest is we're a film festival that's juried by people with disabilities. We understand our audience to be disabled people. And we see and try to encourage disabled filmmakers as much as possible to be part of that. And I think that's really our core mission. You know, these are voices coming from within our community to our community. Of, of, of course, they reach a much broader audience than just our communities, but we really want to center that experience. I think many disabled people have had the experience of watching film or television that has a disabled character and, and just not seeing ourselves there. We want to see representations of us that really speak to our experiences. Thank you for that. How about you, you Alex? Yeah, I, it means so much to me. I have been involved for the past three or four years. And to Karen's point, like the structure of it with the spirit of centering disability is really refreshing. And I think unique in particular to Superfest, you know, to have it be a disabled jury and the like in-person experience is really special. For me, it's a rare experience of disabled folks being able to come together organically around like a cultural experience, as opposed to um, meeting through like the needs of like a service provider or, you know, having to come together because of, you know, a rally or a protest, which can be really beautiful organizing and community building, but it's just nice to come together and kind of like have fun <laughs> and enjoy movies. Um, and it's almost kind of like a reunion, you know, uh, I feel like this year particularly, it was just really fun to get to see some of the other jurors, given that they don't necessarily live in the Bay. So it's kind of like this annual thing that I get to look forward to. It's one of my favorite times in the year in terms of like when I facilitate workshops, I tell people if you want to see the uh, like premier place for some of the best access that I've seen done um, in terms of like multiple different access features being considered, you know, chemical free policies, um, live uh, captioning, you know, all of the films have audio descriptions offered, ASL interpreters. Um, you know, the, the seats are set up so that they can be moved around so wheelchair riders can kind of sit wherever they want rather than just being relegated to one section. Um, I think it just models how any kind of community organizing can be made more accessible and with access like in mind from day one. Um, so I find that to be really uh, another feature that makes Superfest particularly special. The last thing that I want to add is how Superfest really, to Karen's point about empowering disabled filmmakers, we've had winners where films are shot on like iPhones or iPads. Um, there's a like shoestring budget, like under $10,000 category. And I think what that does is it says to people, you know, art is art and you shouldn't need to have like a big studio or a big budget in order to participate and for your story or your vision to be celebrated and seen and shared. And um, I think given the like financial disparities that many disabled folks experience feeling like, you know, we're not 
invited to be a part of the process. Like filmmaking isn't typically made to be accessible. So to put power in people's hands and say, listen, if you've got something beautiful that you want to share, we want to see it. And then have those things win really communicates to not only the disability community, but the mainstream, like we should be lifting up art regardless of like the money behind it. So how did you both get involved in being on the jury for Superfest? I think I was um, nominated by uh, Kathy Kudlick. So I've made two films in the um, community of people with psychiatric disabilities in Japan um, that I was working with a couple years ago. Those films never showed at, at Superfest. That was before I had, had known about it and known to submit Um but because of those films, I was active in other film festivals around visual anthropology. And I think um, when Kathy Cutlick heard about those those skills, uh, she thought that I might be an interesting person to, to add uh, to the mix. And I'm just very honored to have been invited. And, you know, from during other festivals, both as a juror and an organizer, every, everything is different about Superfest. And I think that's that's one of the really moving things that we, we change the basic principles on how we think about films and how we think about representation. And how many years have you been on a jury, if I may ask? I think I've been on for three years. Mm-hmm. How about you, Alex? I went to San Francisco State, their graduate um, counseling program. They have a um, clinical rehab and mental health counseling program specializing in supporting people with disabilities. And... Through that program, I got connected to the Longmore Institute. Um, and I can't remember if I started off as a graduate fellow uh, and then just in working with um, Emily smith Biddix and Kathy, um, they invited me to participate or maybe I volunteered. And um, I think just somehow getting linked with them, uh, they recognized my <laughs> voracious pop culture uh knowledge and it's just kind of like a perfect match um and so i started off as a student juror so um there's kind of two phases for superfest there's phase one is um a small group of student jurors um kind of do like basically a paid internship um and we get together uh every week and for like three hours screen all the films that have been submitted to to get all of the candidates down to the um, kind of final round for the phase two jury. So I had the the pleasure of getting to screen like a hundred some films with other disabled students. Um, and then that experience led me to um, phase two. It was really fun to get to kind of sink our teeth into it and really like gain confidence in being more critical about those things. For people who are unfamiliar with film festivals or juries, uh, do you both describe kind of the roles and responsibilities of being on a jury and the process of being on a jury for Superfest in particular? The, uh, the first rule of juries is what happens in the jury room stays in the jury room. Um, <laughs> 
it's just such a fantastic experience. We have these really candid discussions about films and about our own reactions to the films and sort of what it's triggering in us and how it reflects on, on the community. Um, and so there's, there's many wonderful discussions that I wish we could share, but we can't. So basically our task is to take maybe the 30 or uh, so films that the round one jurors have um, selected and to try to narrow them down and curate them further. And, and I want to really, you know, shout out just the sheer brilliance of what uh, Kathy and Emily have done with using their undergrads for the round one jurying because it's built such a, a competence and community in those undergraduates. I mean, they're going out having really seen such a broad swath of films and talking and thinking about what, what, what does it mean to select a film that's going to be shown to the community, right? So we've seen so many films that just really depend on disability as inspiration porn or disability as just this sort of uh, narrative prosthesis device that's used to like indicate the bad guy or the good guy. And, and you know, the, the students uh, are, are taught how to pass through that and, and, the, and that's so important. So by the time they come to us, they're really great meaty films that, that we engage in great discussions with. Yeah, I mean, I, having been a part of both phase one and phase two, I completely echo what Karen is speaking to the screening process of getting it to phase two. You know, we we go through a lot and uh, much of it is really phase one is just trying to get the pieces that are going to spark the most interesting dialogue, right? And so phase two has the difficult job of now we start to whittle into what what we want the narrative of that year's festival to be. Um, and so then you start to have to ask hard questions, right? Like maybe there are a lot of solid films and certain representation is kind of heavier than others. So you have to start making these um, difficult decisions. If we have an over-representation in this area, we're not doing justice to the diversity of the disability community um, I love Superfest for its um, consistent dedication to international representation. Um, so we try really hard to make sure that we don't um, emphasize, you know, the U.S. or kind of like Eurocentric perspectives over um, underrepresented global perspectives. You know, Superfest, I feel like, is like a guiding light of where we, the disability community, would like to see representation go. And so it's about saying, like, have we seen this before? What is this doing? You know, is this telling a story that's happened already? Or is this really um, unpacking something new and exciting? And sometimes that's new and sexy or new and funny. Or sometimes it's, you know, very poignant or sad. But it it does more things um, to unpack the intersections, right, around, like, queerness, different communities of color, different sexual identities and and things like that we all have our own uh specialties and areas of expertise and knowledge and so how do we both like bring that into the fold um and also challenge each other to say like where are our biases or where are areas of weakness that maybe we're not acknowledging um which i always find really uh, a huge source of growth for me is hearing from the other jurors um, perspectives that, you know, just given my own experiences, like I wouldn't have considered how something could be triggering or it could be 
um, actually really beneficial to see certain representation, um, whereas I might have thought differently just on the first watch. Yeah, that's where uh, things get really, really real, right? I was wondering if we should both describe, I guess, the composition of the jury. You know, when I've organized a film festival, my usual thought is, oh, you know, I need to get people who make films. Some festivals are curated by all film studies scholars, so people who are wonks about analyzing film. There are some filmmakers in in the jury. You know, I'm one of them. Um, you know, Reed Davenport is another filmmaker, and we have um, um, uh, Regan Brashear, who's a producer and filmmaker. So we have that, but we also have a lot of people who aren't filmmakers. They recognize things from the perspective of of the of the viewing audience, um, and that's that's core because oftentimes um, the non-film people will make these really profound statements about the film that that totally overweigh you know uh, the film geeks were looking at the production qualities like oh my god I wonder what tri- what trig they were using that was really great I really like that and and and, and then we'll get derailed in and a film that otherwise might have been included just because it just had such high production values when, when pushed, it's like, yeah, actually that wasn't the message that we're trying to send. And, and we had this great conversation. Yeah. I would just add to just the different identities that are represented. I mean, from the disability perspective, having, you know, deafness, blindness, you know, I'm an amputee. People have, identified as neurodivergent, you know, chronic illness, you know, wheelchair riders, psychiatric disabilities, like all sorts of different experiences coming together in in the way that we see representation, but also like physically experience the film. Um, so I think, you know, there are times where uh, for some of our blind jurors, even when they're being audio described live as we're watching, uh, you know, some films are like almost very uh, reliant on visuals and it can be kind of difficult for blind jurors to consume it in a way where it feels like they're getting a similar experience. You know, certain things that I, being a sighted person, might not have been able to consider um, because that's not my experience. So it's it's not just about like who we want represented or the stories we want told, but again, thinking about access um, as an artistic practice, um, that's a really great aspect of the like a diverse jury is that we're not just um, thinking about that. It's like if there are really intense sounds, or sometimes it's overstimulating or can be intense um, for some of our jurors. So all of that helps to um, again deepen the process. Right, and I think uh, diverse representation is. So much more than a bunch of checkboxes. Did mm-hmm. I'd love to ask both of you, kind of, what is important to you in terms of representation of disability in film, but just also clearly, you know, culture, media. So I was thinking about this before the interview and I was like, how long do I wait before I just (laughs) go into some of my agenda around representation? I think before Superfest had a flavor of 
like the frustration that I experience with disability representation um, and then Superfest providing me like these examples of what could be right. What, what is out there? It just becomes even more shocking when I continue to see the same stories being told um, in really like flat, <laughs> unoriginal ways. You know, I identify as a queer uh, biracial amputee and so like being like a man who's exploring like my femme identity and exploring the complexities of those intersections to consistently see disability told largely as a story of like cis straight white able-bodied men who become disabled through some kind of traumatic accident and then rediscover themselves through sports or falling in love with a woman. <laughs> um, it's just really, you know, and also played by a non-disabled actor and seeing them get rewarded for that. It just really, um, it, it, it's exhausting. <laughs> and so Superfest has just changed my life in seeing that, like, I guess what feels like sometimes in mainstream media there's kind of like i refer to it as like gateway disabilities or like these kind of stories where they're like we will add one marginalized experience and now we're pushing the envelope right um so it's kind of like stories that aren't really nuanced or exciting you know and it it just doesn't do anything for me so i mean queerness and disability I, i find to be a very fabulous uh, intersection and and creates a lot of beautiful art. But I just love seeing um, things that make me wonder about like how disability generates beauty in life or um, is, is a part of someone's identity in a, in a place of pride or like exploration of what that means to them as opposed to this thing that they're trying to overcome or overcompensate. Um, which most times either through inspiration porn or like these super creepy kind of things just feels like people are telling stories about how disability is an afterthought or something that we should kind of erase or like feel bad about. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. How about you, Jared? Something that Kathy Kalek opens us uh, during session with that she wants to really push us to have a film festival that's Disability 201. And by that, she means she wants to move us just beyond the sort of simple introduction to to disability that many of us might have seen in, in other sorts of films that just sort of touch upon, oh, this is what it means to be blind. Uh, they use canes. Isn't that so incredible? Or, you know, something really just really shallow. And how do we get into the more com- complex issues, the complexity of people's lives, um, the li- lives that they live? But another thing that I, I uh, very much like is when we find films that also spur discussion within the community. You know, we, we are a very diverse community. Uh, we're a very diverse uh, uh, jury pool that represents that community. And often we have these just really fiery discussions about, you know, should we show this film? And, and half the jury will be like, you know, oh, this this film is so triggering to me. And the other people are like, we love it. And then we have this conversation about, well, what is it bringing up? How are we having this conversation? And oftentimes we'll end with like, this is exactly the conversation we want to have after the film shows. You know, we need to have this conversation in the community. 
one thing I like I like about Superfest is that we make a real effort to try to get the filmmakers or the disabled actors to come and to to join in in conversations af- after the screenings and and so the community gets this chance to talk about the film and and what what it's bringing up for them and you know we try to plan for those moments sometimes they happen sometimes they happen in ways that we totally don't uh, could not have predicted but even more wonderfully you know I think we all understand its sort of centrality in in disability culture in in the Bay Area that we have this responsibility for for fostering this I think really precious gift that was given us and using it to to bring the community together to celebrate disability films but also have conversations that we need to have about issues that face our community and and I think often we're very sort of uh, we're very polite to each other. And so we're like, well, no, let's not sh- stray into a conversation about how, for example, community members might have mixed feelings about the notion of cure. I mean, it, that is something that we don't talk too much about. Um, but some of us have, have mixed feelings. And so how do we want to approach it? Can we, can we, talk, can we talk about this in, in more complex ways because we are within a group of people within the community? Yeah, watching a film, whether it's a documentary or, you know, a feature film or short animation, you know, people really get a, another sense of what's possible. And usually, you know, the reason why I love going to film festivals is that, you know, you get to see independent films. It just shows you kind of alternate ways of being and thinking of the world. And that, you know, I really do believe that people are moved and changed after attending events like Superfest. And if if I can add to what Karen said too, you know, in in that spirit of like being moved and and being in community and conversation, one of the things that I always appreciate about a lot of the films that win um, or you know are selected for Superfest feature multiple disabled people within the same film. Uh, And I find that to be, you know, often not the case in more mainstream depictions where there's like one disabled person. (laughs) Um, And either they're like a plot device for other people to like be better through like learning how to treat disabled people. Yeah, they're usually the sidekick, right? Yeah. Yeah, the sidekick or like a tragic person who, you know, there's the that whole better off dead trope where you know somehow something tragic happens or they take their own life and then everybody learns to be better after because of you know this poignant experience whereas you know superfest is showing films where disabled people you know either grow together you know or having sex with each other are in conflict you know are friends like i think that also demonstrates or models like you know disabled people don't exist in isolation and um seeing that in a community setting can kind of just reinforce this idea that this like cross disability solidarity is what we should be striving for We talk about how Superfest can change the community, how it's changed the the jurors. Um, one of the things that I don't think people realize is that it, it actually physically changes the films as well. So we have oftentimes had a film come in 
and it wasn't originally um, um, audio described. And we've said, this is a great film, but it's not audio described. Will you add audio description? Some filmmakers have just, you know, done a very light audio description. You know, they add it to the existing film and provided access that way. But we've also had a couple of films where the, the directors have gotten that prompt back from us and just been totally moved and done essentially a remix of their film with audio description at the very core. And by doing it, made a really wonderful and incredible and, and more complex film that I think is more nuanced. And for the directors, it's been incredibly creative for them as well, because suddenly we're giving them this new tool. It's like, hey, you've been thinking in terms of just sort of the visuality and maybe the sort of uh, the narration track, but you've never really thought about what audio description can do. And I think those have been really, really powerful when the filmmakers add that to their vocabulary. The second thing we do is we try to be very careful about the depictions of disabled people. And we're very sensitive to this notion um, of, of able-bodied uh, actors playing disabled people. And so we will often go back to the filmmakers and ask them, you know, were the characters, especially for narrative films, were, were they portrayed by able-bodied or disabled characters? And I think that's often sometimes the first time that especially mainstream filmmakers have been asked that question. And you know, we're problematizing it from the beginning. And so I think that's important. Um, um, and I think the fact that they recognize that we see that and we are thinking about that as a selection criteria for um, the actors as well as the directors and producers. Um, and so, you know, we start to get now films that have been crowdsourced from within the community. You know, the director and the producer are disabled, the, uh, the actors or, or the people portrayed are disabled. And it's really very much generated for, from within disability communities. And, and I, I like to think that that's part of Superfest's sort of creation of this space in which those films can can get celebrated and also where filmmakers can get the recognition for putting that effort in. Yeah, would you sort of, you know, change what filmmakers find? You know, they're going to carry that on and, uh, with their conversations with other other filmmakers and that, you know, this is where, you know, the baby steps happen when you, you know, prioritize access that you know, really starts to become, you know, standardized. There's so much potential there in terms of the influence of festivals like Superfest to the broader, you know, filmmaking world. Superfest is just, you know, we are still mostly a Bay Area phenomenon. Um, but, you know, in the past two years, we've seen disability more prominent in a number of, you know, blockbuster films that are just absolutely horrible, right? The, the storyline is the one Alex described. Someone's, you know, terminally ill and an able-bodied person falls in love with them. And it's only through that love, which only, you know, results in the disabled person dying that the able-bodied person learns true love, blah, blah, blah. Just absolutely horrible stories. But we've also seen more representation of disabled people, especially through, you know, a bunch of TV series, Speechless, Breaking Bad. Disabled people are finally getting um, um, access. This is part of a movement. And, and you know, we just learned this week that um, Jim Lebrecht's Crip Camp is going to be opening at Sundance. This is a, um, going to be a major disability documentary film made by a, an all-disabled crew with, you know, support from the Obamas, 
finally blowing it wide open. And so I, I really feel like we're on the cusp of this larger renaissance of, of disability culture, disability film. And I'm really hoping that, you know, Superfest at one level can help promote, feed into the creation of communities that can then produce even more wonderful stories because we have so many great stories within the community. Yeah, yeah it's really just the tip of the iceberg. For me, Superfest just kind of gives me nourishment. Like every year, I know it's going to be amazing and it, it astounds me how much more amazing it is than I expected. And as I mentioned earlier, like how Superfest models access, you know, I appreciate, Alice, like your work with uh, me and Megas and Sandy Ho around, you know, access as love and trying to demonstrate support and care for the disability community at all levels of like organizing and, and event hosting. I think particularly the for me, like the idea of chairs that move around really just blew my mind around like, oh, right, like movie theaters, you can't move the seats. You know, I've even experienced this. I use crutches um, and, you know, can be mobile in terms of a space. Um, but like when I go to concerts, um, I can only bring so many people with me into the the quote unquote accessible seating. Right. And so now my friend group has to be split up. They won't allow, like, if I come with, like, 15 people rolling deep, which I have, like, I, Superfest is that important. I always make sure I bring a lot of my community. Like, we have to get split up. Whereas um, Superfest, you kind of move the chairs to however you like. And so now it's disabled people aren't separated um, from the people that matter to them. Or even it's acknowledging that, like, many disabled people can be in community. Um, and it's not just that you have, like, one or two disabled people who are interested. So. Don't you realize we're not allowed to have friends? We can only have a companion. <laughs> yes, just one. You can only have one companion. That's your helper. <laughs> it's like a flight, right? You only get one free carry-on, and then you have to pay for everyone else. Right, right. So just they don't want us. They don't. They cannot believe that we have more than one friend, <laughs> or that we have more than one disabled friend who we want to hang out with. Oh, no, I'm with Alex. I am I'm intensely proud of Superfest. And I think it is one of a kind. There's all these best practices around access, which I think uh, Superfest has really uh, honed to a very sharp point. And you know, I want to shout out to um, the access coordinator, Corbett O'Toole, for really making sure every time we host the Superfest that our, our the access in the buildings that we screen at, at is not only the best that the building can do, but even more. Oftentimes she will physically, you know, change things so that there's even more access than what the, the building had ever envisioned it to be. Um, so there's that, and then there's the it's centrality within the larger disability community. But at the same time, I recognize it's like, geez, you know, we are so fortunate to have Superfest here in the Bay, Bay Area. And, and yes, Superfest does travel to other parts of California and these little uh, mini Superfests, but there's something very special about the two days that it's here. Uh, it is selfish because I recognize, you know, when I was on the East Coast, there was nothing. I mean, part of the reason I came here is because this is the center of disability community and disability culture. 
And it is so much harder to find these conversations over East. There's a, there's a saying within sort of uh, equity communities about the difference between inclusion and belonging. And, you know, many other festivals may try to strive at inclusion. So they'll include one or two disability films um, that might have it, you know, disability as just an item. But what I really feel, and I think this is what we led with, is that I, when I go to Superfest or when I step into the jury room, I feel like a belonging, mm-hmm. you know, that I am part of this community. And it has a ton of, of issues. You know, I, I don't go in thinking that it is necessarily a space where we all just agree. Mm-hmm. But it is a safe space in that I know that we disagree on some issues, but we are all, all together in a, in a particular way. And, you know, we need to have these conversations. Uh, we need to know that we disagree. But at the end of the day, we all really love and respect each other. And, and that's what I feel both as a juror in the, in the days that we jury and on the two days at the Superfest. It's like, I, I just feel this, this communal love. And that's, I think, that sentiment is something that I wish we could find mechanisms for, you know, Crips all across uh, the U.S. and the world to, to also feel. How can you feel this this feeling of radical inclusion and love. Yeah. You know, as a person who's attended to profess that, you know, moderated panels and, you know, just other ways of kind of tangentially supporting the festival. But uh, every time I go, it's, you know, it feels like hope. Mm-hmm. I'll expect it. It feels like a reunion of sorts, but it feels like hope. Yeah, that really comes from a place of love and, you know, clearly, you know, people who are centering us. It's so rare and yet uh, really incredibly special. And I, I am so full of gratitude for Superfest to be like in my own backyard, but also to the fact that you two are, you know, part of my community. So... Alice and Jared, thank you so much for being my podcast tonight. Thank you so much, Alice. I, I really appreciate everything that you do. Yeah. I, I also, you know, just in gratitude, I want to give um shout out, you know, uh, Cecile Peretz at the Contemporary Jewish Museum and Jennifer Sachs at the Lighthouse for the Blind have been such integral support of that solidarity and creating that home, that oasis. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I'd thank them too and you know and Karen as well I just am so um, grateful for the space that you're carving out and I the the work that I do I, I'm trying to emulate and always kind of help celebrate what you're doing and kind of continue the legacy so thank you Oh, group hug time yeah love fest <laughs> <laughs> love fest This podcast is a production of the Disability Visibility Project, an online community dedicated to creating, sharing, and amplifying disability media culture. All episodes, including text transcripts, are available at disabilityvisibilityproject.com slash podcast. You can also find out more about Alex and Jared on my website. The audio producer for this episode is Cheryl Green. Introduction by Latif McLeod. Deep music by Winter Sports Camp.
subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. You can also support our podcast for a dollar month or more by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dvp. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash dvp. Thanks for listening. See you on the internet. Bye.